Hi everyone, uh, hope you're all having a nice day. It's very sunny today, um, so I hope you're getting out, getting some fresh air. Uh, we are now on our second episode of Into the Spotlight, and uh, um, thank you for all our listeners to the first episode. And if you haven't listened to it, please check out our website. It's got the links to our Spotify page, our Google podcast, and our Buzzsprout podcast. Um, but today I'm joined by my co-host, uh, Anissa. So Anissa, if you could introduce yourself to everyone. Hi hey guys, so my name is Anissa, I'm a third year environmental sciences student and I'm just here to co-host with Jeff. Thank you uh, and thank you for the introduction uh, and yeah today we also have our, our guest speaker for today so our guest speaker is Anika. Uh, Anika please introduce yourself to everyone. Hi everyone, I'm Anika and I'm a third year Global Challenges student specialising in planetary health at Brunel. Wonderful. And uh, yeah, so today, uh, for those of you who, you know, have been listening to the series, we do a different topic each week. So today's topic is all about green spaces. I guess we'll we'll start with the first question. So Anissa, if you feel free to go straight into it. So Anissa, just to start off, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing at the moment? So I'm Bengali. I was born and raised in East London. Um, I'm a final year student, as I mentioned, um, studying Global Challenges a new course at Brunel. Um, aside from aspiring to work in the field of international governance, I pursue my own fine art in my spare time where I draw and paint. So that's a bit about myself. That's wonderful. Uh, so I guess, um, you know, in the future, if you've got any, if if your art industry pops off, we're looking forward to, you know, maybe a shout out, uh, you know. <laughs> that we've, uh, we've, 100%. We've... <laughs> Definitely. Oh, well. I look forward to maybe seeing one of your pieces in the Tate Modern. So, um, yeah. Oh, I hope so. Honestly, I'll give all to you guys. It might come up. Oh, thank you so much. Um, so, yeah, so let's let's get into green spaces. Um, I guess we've, we've got two questions for you here. So would you be able to, I guess, let people know what green spaces are? And, you know, during, during lockdown, um, people might have been going to green spaces a lot because, you know, it's got loads of benefits and we'll get in, into that later. But how have, green, uh, how have green spaces helped you during lockdown? And could you just let our listeners know what exactly they are? OK, so green spaces are essentially any space where it's the complete, like, upfront natural environment. No urbanised landscapes involved. It's just purely a green space. This can include a park. Um, a garden allotment area, a field, um, anything really, just as long as it's got untouched nature um, and not influenced by the surrounding urban environment. Oh, thank you for that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I know I've been going to a parks uh, a lot more, you know, since being at home. It's nice to get a break from from like studying or working for some people. Um, so yeah, how has this, how has this helped you? Uh, you know, we're all stuck at home, we're all you know, looking at a screen for almost most of the day. So how has having access to these places like really helped you, um, whether it's, you know, both I guess, physically or mentally with your mental health and well-being? So yeah, how has it helped you? So during lockdown, particularly in the first lockdown that we had, the green spaces helped me so much. If I didn't have any green space around me to walk in or just exercising, I don't know what state I would have been in mentally and physically because it's so hard being confined in, especially for myself, um, the uni rooms um, with no one else around because everyone went home for lockdown. Um, the only place I really had to escape to from the confinement of my room was the local green areas and as well as the on-campus green spaces. Um, 
Yeah, they really help to lower my stress levels um, when it comes to uni assignments and deadlines in general. Um, during the first lockdown, it was exam, exam season. Um, so the stress levels were quite high then. And I used to go out every single day to walk in the local green spaces to just help uh, reduce my stress levels and anxiety in general. Um, the peace that the natural environment brings in general in such chaotic times really does help people quite mentally, um, especially for myself uh, during these lockdown periods. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I was going to ask what the benefits of green spaces are, but I think you kind of answered that in terms of it just um, helps with your mental health. I, mean, I can com- completely relate because I understand the importance of like a change of scenery and it's nice to have, especially during this lockdown. So I guess that brings me to the next question on what you think the importance of green spaces are. Obviously, you've already mentioned that it helps with mental health, but if there's anything else that, you know, makes them really important. So aside from the fact it benefits, you know, surrounding human populations immensely in terms of bettering mental and physical health, I think it's definitely important, like, green spaces are protected for... um, biodiversity and preventing the decline of the natural ecosystem and landscape and the world in general shifting towards like an urbanized landscape so Mm. the urgency to protect what green space we have is definitely inherent in these times. Yeah I completely agree with you I think um, especially now because people are visiting green spaces more there needs to be more of an urgency towards maintaining them. Yeah 100%. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. I think, um, so I just wanted to add in, I think you're you're definitely right with the, how important, uh, you know, green spaces are. And, uh, you know, I've been, uh, it sort of links into my dissertation topic. So it's been really good to to see, you know, I guess, you know, there's a difference between reading on paper and seeing someone actually telling you, you know, that it's actually benefiting them. So thank you for that. Um, now, you said you're on campus. Um and I know as a student myself, I, I've never lived on campus, so I don't know a lot of the green spaces there. But um, obviously, well, I guess in, during this time at home, you've been able to, you know, go around campus and explore it a bit more. So what green spaces around campus would you recommend? So I've been living on campus for the past three years now. So I think I've found all the little gems in and around Brunel. Um, There are actually quite a few um, in comparison to where I originally used to live back in East London. There's plenty of green space here around Uxbridge and Hillingdon in general. Um, So I'd say the first and nearest place is actually on campus. Um, Not many people know about this because it's so like hidden and tucked away, but it's behind the Isambard complex and just behind Galbraith and Fleming Hall for all those that know about the halls on campus. Um, There's two relatively small fields but they are quiet and nice to walk through um if you do need a short walk around on campus just to you know have a bit of self-care but um yeah not a lot of people know about them because they are so hidden but if you just walk past the Isambard Studios and the Isambard Complex then you'll find the pathway that leads onto the fields um the second is a little bit more of a walk it's around like a five minute walk from campus but it is called the Cowley Recreation Ground. Um, it's just a park, but there's a really nice um, field area that you can just go walk around in. And also, if you, ca- if you keep walking right towards the back of the um, park, there's the canal. 
which leads all the way from Arxbridge to West Drayton and probably further, but the furthest I've walked is to West Drayton. Um, it's so honestly the best walk I have around here. Um, yeah, I've been on a few times as well. Yeah, you see, with the boats as well. It looks yeah, so pretty. It's so pretty, especially in summertime and spring. Yeah, it's the best. Um, like swans in the canal. Exactly. There's always ducks there as well. If you like feeding ducks and all of that. But um, yeah, if you carry on walking to your left when you as you approach the canal, you can walk all the way to West Drayton. It's about like a 20 minute to 30 minute walk to West Drayton. Um, but obviously you don't have to walk all the way. But it is a very nice, quiet um, walk pathway to take a walk on. Um, but yeah, that would be my number one recommendation. Um, also, during the summer like period, like when the weather's warmer, it's really nice to have picnics there. Um, it's just a really nice park. Um, and the third place is probably the most, distant um it's more towards usually in west drayton um past just past Arxbridge. um it's a bit of a longer walk again 20 to 30 minutes or a 10 minute bus journey if you fancy um it's called the first place is called the usually recreation ground it's another park a bit smaller than the cowley one but it's still equally as nice to walk around in or go visit um go visit your friends in um, and across the road to that is also a really big field space that you can walk through on your way back to campus or wherever. Um, again, both great in the warmer weather. Um, so yeah, that those are my top three recommendations. Um, if you are like planning to go outside of the area, then in West London in general, places like Richmond Park are great. Again, a bit more of a journey, but still equally as nice. Um, so yeah, those are my recommendations for green spaces around campus. Thank you for that. And um, yeah, so I guess if if anyone goes to any of these places and you see Anika, just give her give her a nice wave. But, you know, who knows? She might, she might have been able yeah. to help you. <laughs> You'll find me by the canal somewhere. <laughs> but no, thank you for that because I think um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a good point that you raised. That you know, there's loads of green spaces around, um, and I've even. Uh, I know in my first year of environmental science, we we went to a nearby one. For anyone who's very interested in like filming, uh, there's one. It's about like a an hour's walk from Brunel, um, but it's 15 minute drive or bus journey. It's called Black Park Country Park um, or County Park. Um, but if you type in Black Park to Google, you'll find it. It's basically like where uh, a lot of studios will do filming. So if you're into, you know, if you're one of those, you know, you want to be walking by and hopefully see some movie stars, uh, I definitely would recommend it. It's uh, like places like Pinewood Studios film there. Um, and yeah, there's, it's got like a really nice lake in the middle. I think the park itself, like walking around the whole park takes about like I think an hour, but they've got like really nice shops there as well. So um, yeah, I would definitely, definitely recommend that. But I mean, for more... Um, like I guess relating it back to me and uh, Anissa, I'll ask you the same. Um, for for me, I live in uh, northwest London, so not too far from uh, from Camden. Um, but yeah, I've luckily got you know like places like Regent's Park and Primrose Hill and Hampstead Heath isn't too far away, so those have definitely helped me a lot. Um, and I definitely recommend anyone who lives near Central or you know like North London uh, to definitely check those places out, uh, especially if you're looking for a day at the zoo. Because uh, who doesn't love the zoo? Um, but yeah, if you're looking for a day at the zoo, um, Regent's Park is your best bet because it's got London Zoo there as well. So I think London Zoo's still been open 
through most of lockdown and I think it's still open now. Um, so yeah, feel free to just, uh, to just go check it out when you, when you do have the time. Uh, but Anissa, what about you? What, what green spaces have you been, would you recommend in your local area? Um, I live in Uxbridge. So basically everything that Anissa just said, especially the canal. I went to the canal so many times during lockdown last, you know, last summer when we were in um, lockdown, I went there, I had a few picnics by the canal. Honestly, it's such a nice walk and there's like lots of willow trees. So it's really pretty as well. So I definitely suggest that. Kew Gardens isn't that far from um, well, from where I live, from Marksbridge or from uh, campus either. I think it's maybe an hour bus ride away or on public transport. But I would definitely suggest going having a look there as well. But um, besides that, basically everything Anika just said. Thank you. So this one is quite, important, quite an important question, um, especially Anika, because you want to go into governance and stuff. So what are ways do you think that the university or universities and individuals can promote green spaces and promote the usage of green spaces and also the protection of green spaces as well? So as individuals, I honestly think we can do... Anything from as little as simply litter picking or not trashing the green space we're privileged to have. If the green space offers communal activities, such as like a gardening like area, then why not get involved and support it and spread the word, get your family members involved. I know in London in particular areas, um, community gardens are actually becoming popular green spaces and are thriving. Um, as a university, however, I do believe more can be done in terms of communicating the importance to protect our campus green spaces to students, firstly. Um, when you are able to communicate the benefits of green spaces effectively, then people are less likely to litter and just abuse the environment and so on, and also um, care more about their green spaces. So this could be in done this could be done in the form of like infographic signs that are visually aesthetic, etc. Like um, the current green trail signs on campus. There aren't many of them. There's only a couple of dotted around. Um, but I think they really do add to, you know, informing students. In terms of like a larger scale action, I think the university needs to have green space related activity, such as like a campus garden, which I'm currently working on implementing as part of my degree. Um, activity like this can actually allow students to appreciate and protect our campus green space. Uh, particularly if they're involved, like the student-led gardening project I'm proposing. Um, but yeah, there's just a few ways. So of course, there's many more, but just to name drop, those are my. Mm. I love the idea of a campus garden. I've never yeah, honestly, um, yeah. I I would have expected there there should have been one, but um, yeah, loads of other universities across the UK are actually uh, implementing gar campus gardens right now. Um, so yeah, it's becoming quite a popular popular thing to have about on campuses. Yeah, that's definitely a good thing. I also like the uh, social media initiative. I'm posting pictures of nature uh, being green spaces on social media. It's an amazing way to attract attention. Yeah, exactly. We need to like communicate um, the benefits of green spaces and how to definitely. take care of them better. Um, thank you. I have um, another question to ask, and it kind of leads on to a few things that you said before. 
The first one was you compared the um, green spaces in West London to East London. And you said that in East London there wasn't, well, where you were living, there wasn't um, as many or um, with the same quality, same quality. And you also described uh, green spaces being a privilege. So what, what's your opinion on green space inequality? Like, do you think it's a thing? Do you think it's something we need to work on? you think it's um, uh, harmful to people who, like, you know, who are experiencing green space inequality? Currently, I'm doing my dissertation on um, environmental inequality. So I've been researching plenty about the differences in different areas of London of their green space accessibility. And yet East London is one of the most deprived in terms of green space access compared to West London, um, especially in the area that I've come from. Um, there was literally no green space we'd have a tiny little park and yeah. I could definitely tell that it does affect the the attitudes of the local community I feel like um communities without uh green spaces um are just in general less happier than those with green spaces because it is academically proven that green space has an impact on well-being mental health and and so on um so yeah what do you think um, the reason is? Because I'm also doing my dissertation on, um, I'm looking at air quality and its impact in um, socially deprived neighbourhoods. And I looked at green spaces as well and found that, you know, areas um, that have a lower annual salary have less um, green spaces and lower quality green spaces. But there's also the most amount of pollution there. So what, what do you think um, the problem there is? Do you think it's because the locals can't see to have um, better green spaces? Well, I do think that this is more of a political issue for sure. Um, I feel like the more um, richer areas have more um, investment going into their landscapes and making it more aesthetically pleasing, which includes having more green space areas. Um, and the more deprived areas have less funding, I guess, towards maintaining their environment, um, particularly from where I'm from. Um, it was a very low-income area, and compared to the current area that I live in, Uxbridge, it is a higher-income area. And when I've assessed the um, local council funding reports between both areas, which I've done for my DISO so far, there has been a lot of funding within Uxbridge's um, green space um, maintenance. Um, as opposed to the area that previously come from. So it definitely does get political. Um, it mm. just really depends on where the local councils put their money um, towards, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so uh, my last question, it sort of links into the other one. Um, and I think you, you did discuss it there, that um, you know green spaces are important and there are many different factors that comes to preserving and improving the quality of these green spaces. Now, I guess this question is referring to areas where higher education institutions are so areas like universities for example or colleges um is it important to increase the quality of these green spaces um because you know i think one of the comparisons that i think that you said is quite true is uh, especially you know uh universities in central london um won't have access or the ability to you know have 
as big or as a wide variety of green spaces as we can, uh, you know, being at the outskirts of London. Um, so, yeah, is it important for them to increase the quality of the green spaces that they have? Should these universities invest in improving it? And uh, if you think it is important, could you please let us know why? Why is it important that these uh, higher edu education institutions uh, should improve the qualities of these green spaces? So there's absolutely no doubt at all that, that that it's important to increase the quality of green space in areas of higher education in particular. As I've mentioned, green space impacts mental health immensely. And especially for university students, students mental health is so prone to deterioration because of the stress of academic performance and so on. Um, depression and anxiety are hugely experienced by university students and Tragically, in so many cases, this has led to student suicide, which can definitely all be prevented or helped if steps are taken to improve student mental health on campuses. And this definitely includes something as simple as providing a high quality green space for students to escape to or socialise in. And as it is proven that having access to green space can improve one's mental well-being. So, yeah, that's definitely why we should have high quality green spaces in in and around academic institutions um, in particular. Uh, so yeah, thank you very much for that, Anika. That was very informative. And uh, yeah, we've come to the end of our podcast. So I'd just like to say a huge thank you uh, from not only our listeners, but from myself and Anissa. This has been very informative. It's been very good to learn about how we as individuals can help preserve our local green spaces for anyone on campus. It's been really good for them to know about their local green spaces. So hopefully, you know, like I said before, they can, you'll see some of these listeners and they'll be able to say, you're the reason why I now go to this uh, local park or you're the reason why I've now started a litter campaign on my local park. So thank you very much for that. Oh, thank you guys so much. Honestly, it's been a huge privilege coming on here and speaking to you all. Thank you all for listening. And if you'd like to know anything more about our course, then please follow Global Challenges on Instagram or you can check out um, our page on the Brunel website. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And yeah, thank you, everyone. And we look forward to seeing you at our next episode. Um, so keep an eye out and see you all soon.